Welcome to the Trucking Market Update on the State of Freight Podcast, brought to you by FTR, where we share timely transportation intelligence with you on a weekly basis. The Trucking Market Update is hosted by FTR's Vice President of Trucking, Avery Weiss. As Avery presents the information in the podcast, you can follow along and review the graphs and indicators by downloading the PDF or PowerPoint of the presentation from our podcast landing page. A link to the PDF and PowerPoint is available now at www.ftrintel.com podcast. From there, you can also find past episodes and downloads for the Trucking Market Update, as well as the weekly rail market update with Todd Tronowski and much more. That link again is www.ftrintel.com podcast. Welcome to FDR's weekly trucking market update. I'm Avery Weiss, Vice President of Trucking. This is episode 61 for the week of April 27th, 2020. Before we start, a reminder that you can download a PDF with graphics related to this discussion at www.ftrintel.com podcast. You can also download a PowerPoint presentation that includes images of those same charts you can use in your own presentations. So in COVID-19 news, we are seeing some states taking their first steps back toward normalcy as the strictest stay-at-home orders are starting to expire. However, most states continue to impose substantial limitations on operations, such as capacity restrictions on retail stores. We certainly will not be back to normal operations in May, at least not nationwide. But economically speaking, April should be the worst month for most indicators. In fact, we will probably see some percentage change numbers in May that look fairly good until you consider the base. That's why we look at data both month over month and year over year to get a more comprehensive picture. So housing starts is a good example. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago in this podcast. If you looked only at the month over month change, you would conclude that residential construction is collapsing. And in fact, it is on a run rate perspective. However, the market had strengthened so much recently that even a sharp decline produced a positive year-over-year comparison in March. So it's a more nuanced snapshot when we look at both year-over-year and month-over-month. And when we see April data, we will have an even better sense of where we stand. Okay, before I launch into a spot market discussion, I want to highlight a new feature of FTR's coronavirus webpage that's related to the spot market, and that is the COVID-19 Truck Freight Recovery Index, which is a joint product of truckstop.com and FTR. Like the heat map we launched a few weeks ago, the recovery index assesses how truck freight is responding to and recovering from the COVID-19 crisis. The heat map is a more granular look in a way because it looks at developments state by state, but it is only a visualization of changes in broad ranges of data. On the other hand, the Truck Freight Recovery Index is a representation of specific data values that are based on how COVID-19 is affecting freight volumes. Otherwise, the analytics are similar in that they compare the current market to the market we would have expected to have seen absent COVID-19. The value of 100 in the index is where things stood before the crisis. We will deem freight to have fully recovered when the index returns to that level. We won't talk about the index in detail in this podcast, at least not this week, but you can find the index and component indexes for dry van, refrigerated, and flatbed at www.ftrintel.com coronavirus. 
One thing I will say about the index is that it generally shows that spot freight bottomed out around the middle of April, and that certainly squares with this week's weekly data. Load volumes in the truck spot market were higher during the weekend at April 24th, which is week 16 of the year, than in the prior week, which is a strong indication that freight demand has bottomed out and is poised to begin recovering once we begin emerging from the lockdown over COVID-19. Total spot market volumes had not been up week over week since the weekend of March 13th. Refrigerated saw a significant increase in load availability from the prior week, jumping by a third for the first week over week increase since the week 11 surge. However, refrigerated still has a long way to go to recover. Refrigerated load availability remains at its lowest levels in four years, except for weeks 14 and 15. Flatbed spot load volumes were essentially flat at 0.1% increase from uh, week 15, but that was the first increase, as small as it was, since week 10. Over the past six weeks, flatbed volumes have plunged 75%, falling from levels that rivaled 2018 to the lowest level for any week since late 2016. And in fact, flatbed load volumes below current levels have occurred only very rarely since the beginning of 2014, which is the index year for the data that we talk about each week. Dry van loads were lower in week 16, but only by about 5%, and that's the smallest decrease since week 12. Dry van load availability has plunged 68% since the peak of the restocking surge in week 11. Dry van loads have not been below current levels since late 2015, and like flatbed, very rarely have been below current levels since the beginning of 2014. Spot rates, however, have not yet stabilized, although the rate of decline is slowing. Total broker-posted spot rates, excluding fuel surcharges, were down $0.06 cents a mile after dropping about $0.15 cents in each of the prior two weeks. Refrigerated was the only segment to see a rate increase in week 16, with rates up $0.06 cents after they fell $0.60 cents in the prior four weeks. Drive-in rates fell about $0.06 cents and are down about $0.51 cents in the past four weeks. Flatbed rates were down $0.10, cents, smaller than the prior two-week decreases, but still quite a large decline for that segment. Okay, moving on. The petroleum market wasn't as interesting over the last 10 days as it was on April 20th when the price went negative. However, that unprecedented event appears to have colored the crude market um, going forward as the closing prices for West Texas Intermediate crude following April 20th were much lower than they had been heading into that collapse. However, by the end of April, crude prices closed at just about where they were immediately before the negative crude price. Meanwhile, the national average price of diesel fell 4.3 cents a gallon to $2.43.7, and that is the lowest price since November 2016. Over the past 16 weeks, Diesel prices have dropped about 64% or 64 cents, which is about 21%. Okay, it's time to dig into the economic indicators, whether we really want to or not. 
The Labor Department on Thursday reported 3.8 million initial claims for unemployment insurance benefits on a seasonally adjusted basis for the week ended April 25th. This figure is 603,000 below the prior week's revised number, but it remains stubbornly high, especially when you consider the hundreds of billions of dollars that Congress has provided through the Paycheck Protection Program for the express purpose of bolstering employment levels. Over the past six weeks, seasonally adjusted first-time claims have totaled more than 30 million. Now, we always talk about data when it's available in terms of seasonally adjusted numbers, and normally that doesn't matter. The difference between adjusted and unadjusted figures normally is quite small. However, the numbers we are talking about are so enormous that the difference between seasonally adjusted and unadjusted figures is notable. The actual number of unemployed claims, um, unemployment claims filed over the past six weeks is 28 million, which is about 2.3 million fewer than the adjusted total. So not much of a a consolation, but I suppose it's something. The insurance, uh, the insured unemployment rate uh, continued to climb and the number of people remaining on an unemployment after filing an initial claim is 18 million, which is about 11.4 million higher than any time on record before the crisis. Okay, after that horrible news, let's look at something positive, at least from the consumer perspective. We have a new record low on the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage, 3.23%, according to Freddie Mac. The previous record low was 3.29% on March 5th. As things are starting to loosen up regarding COVID-19, this certainly has the potential to spur a lot of new home sales, although uncertainty and the surge in unemployment probably will more than offset the super low rates on the downside. From the consumer perspective, at least, uncertainty probably is a positive factor in driving mortgage refinancing. So we would expect this to continue to be strong in the near term. The consequences of a surge in refinancing are complex. On the one hand, it is a bit of a headwind for new home sales and construction because it's likely that people who refinance now might also have been considering buying a new home instead, and now they probably won't for a few years. On the other hand, refinancing frees up disposable income and or cash that could help further fuel recovery in consumer spending as we restart the economy. So it is certainly not as easy as saying that it is a positive or a negative, at least in broad economic terms. And speaking of consumer spending, Let's talk about it. We don't normally cover what's called personal consumption expenditures in this podcast because it generally doesn't change all that much from month to month, and because our monthly discussion of retail sales basically covers the same territory. However, these are not normal times. The Bureau of Economic Analysis on Thursday reported that the consumer spending plunged 7.5% in March. That is by far the largest single-month drop since the data series began in 1959. To appreciate the scale of this 7.5% crash in consumer spending, considering that the previous record was a 2.1% drop in January of 1987. During the Great Recession, the largest month-over-month decrease was 1.4%, and that was in November of 2008. 
And if we want to find something that is at least remotely similar to what we saw in terms of a sudden change, we might compare this uh, March of uh, this year to September 2001. And there we saw, like we did in November of 2008, only a 1.4% drop in personal consumption expenditures. So the, the degree to which spending has been curtailed is unprecedented to say the least. The breakdown in consumer spending on goods looks very much like the retail sales figure we reported a couple of weeks ago. Clothing and automobiles took the biggest hits of between 25% and 30%, while spending on food and beverages to be consumed off-premises, as opposed to restaurants and bars, jumped 19%. One of the specific line items I found quite interesting was net spending abroad by U.S. residents, which basically just disappeared. It dropped 99% in March as compared to February. Okay, let's talk manufacturing. The Census Bureau reported orders for durable manufactured goods. The total reduction in March from February was quite large, 14.4%, but most of the damage came from civilian aircraft and motor vehicles. Vehicle orders were down more than 18%, and civilian aircraft orders were actually negative to the tune of $16.3 billion, which meant a very bizarre-looking 295.7% decline from February. Monthly aircraft orders have been negative in the past, most notably for a few months during the Great Recession, but the worst month that we've ever seen uh, in this series was only about a quarter as negative as what we saw in March. But if we exclude transportation equipment, and, and actually that's how we normally look at this when we talk about these figures in the podcast, durable goods orders were down just 0.2%, and that's a pretty typical monthly change, and it's barely noteworthy. Also, orders for core capital goods, uh, which is capital goods that exclude defense and aircraft, actually were higher in March than they were in February, although only by 0.1%. These surprisingly resilient numbers probably say more about lead times for major decisions like these than they do about economic conditions. We would expect the numbers to be significantly more negative in April than they were in March. One final set of numbers before we wrap up. We got initial data on U.S. international trade in goods for March. Not surprisingly, it was a bad month for both exports and imports. Exports were down 6.7% month over month, and 8.9% year-over-year. Imports were not as weak as exports compared to February, but they were down even more than, than they were. Uh, they were down more year-over-year -year than exports were. Imports slid 2.4% month-over-month and dropped 9.6% year-over-year. On the export side, all broad categories of goods were down, although food, be beverages, and feed were basically flat. The biggest hit was in automobiles. Year-over-year, year, food, feed, and beverages were up slightly, but everything else was down sharply, with automobiles and consumer goods leading the declines. The import picture was more complicated. Imports of automobiles and consumer goods were down sharply month over month, but other items were positive. Year-over-year, year, though, everything was down except for a catch-all category called other goods. 
To some extent, the difference between the import and export figures says as much about how freight moves internationally and how supply chains work as they do about changes in demand for goods imported or exported. Many imports in March were already in the transportation pipeline before we saw a big COVID-19 impact. However, exports naturally would have been more sensitive to what was happening in the U.S. at the time as shutdowns slowed manufacturing and thus shipments and disrupted all sorts of activities that are needed to make sure that goods move from the U.S. to other countries. Hence, it makes sense that month over month, export data in March would be significantly more negative than the month over month data for imports. Okay, so that's it for this week's podcast. Let's recap. Spot market load volumes appear to have bottomed out. Crude prices remain under $20 a barrel. Diesel prices keep falling. Unemployment claims have totaled more than 30 million in just six weeks. Mortgage rates are the lowest on record. The drop in consumer spending in March was the largest ever. Durable goods orders held up fairly well if you exclude transportation equipment. And exports and imports both fell in March. So that's it for FTR's Trucking Market Update, episode 61 for the week of April 27th, 2020. As always, you can download PDF and PowerPoint files accompanying this discussion at www.ftrintel.com podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we hope you will join us next week. That's it for this week's Trucking Market Update on the State of Freight podcast. You can find more publicly available State of Freight content and download the PDF and PowerPoint of today's presentation by going to www.ftrintel.com podcast. FTR is the leader in freight transportation forecasting in North America, providing consistently reliable reports for trucking, rail, and intermodal transportation, as well as providing demand analysis for commercial vehicle and rail car. For more information about the work of FTR, visit www.ftrintel.com or call us at 888-988-1699 to find out which publications will best support your business.